Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, what I'd like you to do right now is I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, the 8th chapter. And we're going to continue this morning as we normally do in our series concerning meeting Jesus. And, and that's what we want to talk about today. We're, we're in that section of the Gospel of John from chapter 7 through chapter 12 where Jesus is meeting some outright hostility. He's meeting some opposition. We saw that throughout chapter 7 as it was basically describing the different reactions towards Jesus. Now, as we've gotten into chapter 8, chapter 8 began with that ancient story uh, concerning Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. But now we're getting back to what John is wanting us to focus on here with verse 12. We're going to look at verses 12 through 27. And we're going to see, again, Jesus really identifying who he is But we're going to see, again, the reaction, and we're going to see the consequences of that. John wants to make clear that there are consequences for the decisions that we make concerning Jesus. Now that, just to be honest with you, is is kind of contrary to the way that we present things today in Christianity in North America. It's kind of like, there's Jesus, you got to decide what you want to do with him, and but if you don't, well, you know, that's your decision. Well, no, no, Jesus is going to come right out and tell you that there are consequences for rejecting him. There are things that you need to be aware of that he's saying here. We're going to see that, especially today, he's going to describe himself as the light of the world. Now, you you and I have heard that before. It comes from the Gospel of John. It comes from this passage, I am the light of the world. What What is that? What does that mean? We're going to see that here in this passage. So if you have your Bibles, let's look at this together. We're going to start with verse 12, and we're going to move to verse 27. So here's what John writes. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. 
If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Then Jesus said to them again, I'm going away, and you will seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. The Jews said, Will he kill himself because he says, Where I go, you cannot come? And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just as I have been saying to you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. All right, now, folks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to basically take this passage and the words that Jesus is expressing here and his interaction with the Pharisees, and we're going to divide it into three sections. First of all, we're going to see the reality of Jesus. He's going to make another one of these great I am statements. And just the first part, I am, that is the name of God. He's saying, I am the light of the world. We're going to talk about the reality of Jesus. Then we're going to move to the reaction of the Pharisees. And we're going to see some willful blindness on their part. They are choosing not to believe. But then Jesus is going to move from their willful blindness to our final section and talk about consequences. Consequences of the decisions that we make. So let's look at it, first of all, let's look at verse 12. We're going to see the reality of Jesus. Here's what Jesus said. It's another one of the great I am statements from the Gospel of John. He says, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, there's two things that come out of this statement that are really important for you and I to grasp, okay? Here's the first one. The one who chooses to follow Jesus will no longer dwell in darkness, so here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is making an I am statement. He's making a statement of deity, and he's expressing to you and I, he's expressing to those who was listening to him that day, he's expressing to the world, I am the light of the world. Now remember, John sees things in two dimensions. He sees things in terms of light, that is God, in terms of darkness, that is the world we live in, a rejection of God. And so here he's saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. So he's saying, the one who chooses to follow him. Now, that's interesting. He's saying here, it's not believe, but follow. That's what salvation is about. It's not just, oh, I believe in Jesus. It's a choice to follow him because of who he is. 
The one who chooses to follow Jesus will no longer dwell in the darkness. That is the rejection of God, the world that rejects God. So when you and I became believers in Jesus Christ, we moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We moved from a world that we were a part of that was rejecting God. Now we are living in his light, the light of Jesus, because we've decided to follow him. And here's what it means for that. Here's the second point I want you to see here. The followers of Jesus will have the light of life to guide them. The followers of Jesus will have the light of life to guide them. What do you mean by that, the light of life to guide them? Well, understand what it means to dwell in darkness. Paul kind of refers to this in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. He talks about the, in, that you and I were dead in our trespasses and sins, and we were guided by three different things. What do you mean we were guided by? We were guided by, in our decision-making, how we were guided in this world when we lived in darkness, we were guarded by our fleshy desires, what we wanted, by Satan. That doesn't mean you're possessed by Satan, but Satan doesn't have to possess you. He already has you if you're an unbeliever. He's a manipulator. He guides us. And then finally, by the world, by the way the world is going, the world's thinking, which is anti-God, rejecting, self-oriented, materialistic, doing it yourself, rejecting God. And see, you were guided by that when you were in darkness. But when you became a follower of Jesus, you now are guided by the light of life. Now, you and I are guided by who? The Lord. And that is the reality that I want you to see here. And that is what Jesus is expressing He's basically telling them, look, I, the Lord, am the light of life. And if you follow me, you'll be removed from this darkness and you'll be guided by my light. Now, that's a pretty awesome statement. But the fact is, again, we're seeing this now in this section of John. Not everybody accepts that. Not everybody accepts what I just talked about. And you and I know that. We see that all the time in our world. You could present that. People will say, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. But it's not for me. Or who, who does Jesus think he is? And that's exactly what the Pharisees were saying. Who does Jesus think he is? By making these emphatic statements about himself. And what we're going to see is, is that Jesus points it out here, the text points it out, it's willful blindness. Willful blindness on their part. So let's take a look. We're going to go verse by verse through this and see what we're talking about here. Look with me at verse 13. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself, your witness is not true. So the first thing I want you to see here is this. There is a choice not to believe 
what Jesus is saying. So rather than pondering, rather than listening to what he's saying, they're just flat out rejecting it and they're using a technicality. They're using a technicality by saying, well, you're only testifying of yourselves. Why should we believe you? We're not going to believe you because you're only testifying of yourselves. You can't function in life that way. You know, when I go somewhere and they say, oh, tell us about yourself, George. Well, you know, I'm half German. Oh, you're only tearing witness of yourself. How do we know that to be true? That's the kind of thing that's going on here. Jesus is describing who he is and what he does, and what it means for you and I, and they are choosing not to believe it. Listen to me, folks. The reality is, is that when Jesus is presented, it's not that Jesus, in his presentation, isn't making clear who he is. It's that there is a choice not to believe what he is saying. Again, the Apostle Paul, it's not that our gospel is veiled, it's because they're blind by the God of this world. This is the reality. There is a choice not to believe what Jesus was saying. Here's the next point I want you to see. Look with me at verse 15. Let's move on. Verse 14 and 15, Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. All right, now look at what he says there. You judge according to the flesh. Now here's the thing I want you to see. They choose to judge things from a human perspective. They choose to judge things from a human perspective. And, and that's only natural. You and I, when we look at something, we're going to base our assessment of what someone is saying or of what somebody's doing based upon what we know and our experiences. And so here's Jesus, and he's presenting something that's totally new to them, totally beyond their concepts of who the Messiah is, and they're not open to it, even though what he's sharing is very much biblical in terms of what the Old Testament prophets would show. But they're judging based upon their perspective and their ideas and their way of looking at the world. And so they're choosing not to believe because it doesn't fit into the box they've created concerning how the world operates, or should I say, how God should operate. And I think it's very interesting if you understand that God doesn't operate within our box. Now, he operates within what the Scripture says, but he doesn't operate within what we think our interpretation is of that Scripture. Or what should be. And that's what these Pharisees are doing. They're, they're choosing to judge according to their flesh is what Jesus is saying. But he doesn't judge according to the flesh. So that brings me to the next point. We're going to see it here in verse 19. Look with me at verse 19. He says, then they said to him, where is your father? 
So Jesus has been talking about the Father. He's talking about the Heavenly Father. They don't have a clue. Look at what Jesus answered. You know neither me nor my Father, for if you had known me, you would have also known my Father also. These statements that Jesus is making is talking about the equality between the Father and Jesus. He says that to one of his disciples later. Have you not been with me so long that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Here's the point I want you to see. They did not know God even though they thought they did. Folks, that's scary. Here they are. These are Jews. From the beginning of their birth to the moment a few days later after their birth when they're circumcised, to the homes in which they ra were raised in, they knew of the Lord. They had the law that they were following. They went to the temple to worship. And they had a concept of God that they had developed in their mind. In fact, that they were very strong in their feelings about. But Jesus is coming along and saying, but yet when God shows up, and the work of God is in your midst. You don't know the Lord. You don't know who he is. Even though you think you know him, that's scary. Folks, that's scary for you and I in church. Some of us have been in church all of our lives. We were brought here as a child and everything. And we think we know God. We think we know what Christianity is. But the reality is, is that it's possible that in your concept of what you think is God isn't really God. Because you've never really met the person. You say, how's that possible? Think about what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7. In that day, many will appear and say to him, Lord, Lord, did we not do these great things in your name? Did we not cast out demons and all of this? And Jesus will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. I didn't know you. You thought you were doing great things for me, but I didn't know you. Here, they're saying, you think you know who God is. I, I could show you who the Lord is. When you see me, you see the Lord. But you don't understand because you don't know God even though you think you do. It's willful choice on their part. Willful blindness. But here's the thing Jesus is going to point out to them, and I think... Really, the fact is, is they weren't listening to him when he was talking about who he was. I doubt that they would listen to him when he talks about the consequences. But I want you to listen. Because, folks, with every decision, there is an outcome. Every decision has an outcome. You may want to write that down. Every decision has an outcome. And that is especially true when it comes to Jesus. There is no middle ground. It's either... You make a decision and you realize who he is and you follow him or you reject him. There is no, oh, you know, I'm going to take some time. No, no. Take some time is a decision. For that at that moment, you don't need him. But Jesus is going to make clear to us the reality of the consequences. So let's look at this together. We're going to look at these verses, verses 21 through 27. Let's take these section by section to see what's happening here. I want you to notice with me verse 21. Then Jesus said to them again, I'm going away, and you will seek me, 
and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself because he says, where I go, you cannot come? Here's the first thing I want you to see. They will not be able to join Jesus in eternity. Jesus is telling them, I'm getting ready to leave. What do you mean he's getting ready to leave? He knows that he's going to the cross. He knows that he's going to die. He knows that on the third day he's going to raise again. And then a few weeks later, he's going to ascend to heaven and be with the Father. Jesus knows that he is going back to the Father, but he's telling them very clearly, I'm going away, but you cannot come to me. You cannot come. You're not going to be with me. Where I go, you cannot come. Why can't they go there? Because they choose not to believe. That is the consequence of unbelief, folks. There is more to this life than what this life is. I know we like to think, oh, this is all the life is, and when you're gone, you're gone. That is a bunch of baloney. There's more to this life than that. Yes, there is this physical life, but you are a spiritual being as well. You were created for eternity. And the consequence of unbelief is, is you will not be able to join Jesus in eternity. That's the first consequence. Notice with me now the second consequence. We see that in verses 23 to 24. And he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Now, what's he talking about, die in your sins? Well, here's the thing. There will be no other opportunity when they die in their sins. When they're gone, Jesus is making clear. See, this answers the whole universalist concept. Well, of course, everybody's going to make it. That's not true. When you choose to not follow him, you're making a choice. And there are consequences with that choice. You're not going to be with him. Here's the reality. You're going to die in your sins. And there's no other opportunity to decide, oh, well, you know, I'll make that decision later. First of all, how do you know you got later? How do you know you have later? You don't. And there will be no other opportunity, so you die in your sins. Now, that's an interesting phrase, die in your sin. What does that mean? You will die with the consequences of your sins. What are the consequences? Paul, Romans, the wages of sin is death. It's not just talking about physical death, my friends. It's talking about spiritual death. The lake of fire is what revelation, and that is the second death, the lake of fire. The reality is, is there will be no other opportunity. And when you die in your sins, that means you don't die in the grace of Jesus that is expressed to you through his sacrifice on the cross for your sins because you're following him. It's now because you've rejected him. You're on your own with the consequences of your sins. And believe me, folks, we're all going to face them. And it's not because, well, you know, I didn't do these real big ones up here. I guess my good stuff outweighs. No, no. The consequences of sin is death. From the little white lie to the axe murder, it's all the same. That's how God sees the world. But he gives you grace. But you have to choose it while it's offered, which means now while you're here. 
Because when you die, there is no other opportunity. That's a consequence. And then finally, even though he says this, this is the reality. And this is the sad reality. Look with me at verses 25 through 27. Then they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. Here it is, verse 27. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Now here is the final point that I want you to see. They cannot truly understand who Jesus is. They can't grasp it. Well, part of it is, is they're choosing not to grasp it. Part of it is, is that they're choosing not to believe who he is. I mean, it's there. It's plain as day. Who does what he's doing? All they see is their opinions. Their misguided information about God. And here's Jesus saying, look, when you see me, you see the Father. He's the one who sent me. I go back to him. These are the consequences. You don't choose to believe me, you'll die in your sins. Then they're like, well, who, who are you? And he says, look, I've been telling you from the beginning. But they couldn't understand. They couldn't understand that he was talking about the Father, they couldn't understand that he was talking about himself. They just don't understand. And that is the consequence of unbelief. What do you mean, George? When you choose to reject, the consequence of unbelief is, is that's where you stay. Not believing. That's the reality. Unbelief is the rejection of God. It's a consequence. And they'll never truly understand who he is. Now you're saying, okay, George, what do we do with this? Where is this at? Well, here's the thing. Let's go back to what the original statement was that Jesus made. Up in verse 12, he says this, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Here's the thing. If you, like me, are the one who decided at some point in your life that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you wanted that forgiveness of Christ in your life and you chose at that moment to follow him, you move from the world of darkness into the world of light. And he'll guide you. And boy, we could say, sure say, that, man, these are dark times now that we live in. But you know what? We have the light, Jesus, that guide us through. But here, here's the reality with this message. The reality is, is that, but you might be listening to this and you're like, I don't know if I believe that. I don't care. Like, okay, I understand. But that's a choice. And with that choice comes some very real consequences. It's just not an arbitrary decision. You have to decide the reality of Jesus and know that the consequences are there. I hope you make that right decision and follow him as he takes you out of 
the world of darkness into the light of himself. Hi folks, this is George. I want to thank you for listening this morning, and I want to tell you about a free app that you can get for your mobile device that will allow you to access all the materials and information you need about our church in one device. Simply go to your app store on your Android or Apple device and search for Kerwinsville Christian Church. The app is free, and what you'll find there is everything you need to know, plus all the teaching from our church as well as this program. And we hope that you will utilize that in your search for Christ. Until next week, folks, take care and may the Lord bless you.